Yo. I said, yo, what up? Yo, this is the Where It Went podcast, where we are discussing the Revelation Records. I, wait, it is the Where It Went podcast, right? Did I get that right it this is. time? Yeah. Okay. Where we are bringing dis- it back. <laughs> where we are discussing the Rev- Revelation Records discography in chronological order. But as this year has proven, we got to take a little detours here and there. And the reason why we've been taking detours, the main reason why is because we've really wanted to provide quality content. And very quickly, we figured out that the best way to do that is through interviews. And so we could do this podcast every week and just talk about these records, which I know some of you like, some of our listeners like when we just talk about it. But we really wanted to get to the heart of some of these records and do that through talking to the people who were there. And so, you know, sometimes we got to just do something different. So this will be the last episode of 2020, correct? Last regular episode. Yeah, Yeah, last regular episode. Uh, So, Greg, what are we doing today then? Um, I'm going to defer to Jason. Jason. Jason can tell us what we're doing. What are we doing this episode? It's the end of a fucked up year. There's There's another another one coming. coming. Oh, shit. Yeah. 2020. We just thought it would be cool to talk about what? Our top 10 2020 records. Um, I don't even know if I have a list, but just like, I don't think I have a top 10. I think we just, let's just quickly go through the records that we covered and then maybe instead of a hot track we'll do a hot disc we'll do our favorite record just one favorite record of 2020 that we've talked oh, about okay let's do that and well, that's we what could, we're doing yeah and we could just talk about you know some of the people who have been on uh we could do hot takes hot tra- <laughs> well, well, i figured let's do let's, let's do a flat a, let's do a flash round of yeah. rev one through 16 sure let's do it uh rev one Warzone, Lower East Side Crew EP. This is the this is what started us off this year. And Greg, it was just you and I talking yeah. about this record. And we got some shit. We got some major shit over that episode because A, some people thought that uh, we maybe didn't know what we were talking about enough or that this wasn't just the fucking holy grail to us or that we didn't talk about the record pressing variants enough of this record. But for us, I think a lot of it, we were just, we were feeling it out. This was our demo, you know, the yeah. first, the first episode and which was just an introduction. And then this, this was our version of the Warzone seven inch. You know what I mean? Like we just went into <laughs> a studio and just started fucking talking and recording. And so this is, it's where it started. And I don't, also as, didn't really think anybody was going to listen. So. Yeah, as, right. an outsider, as an outsider at that point, I was like, I really liked how you both, quote unquote, you kept it real and just gave your true thoughts and feelings on the record. Yeah. And weren't I mean, bullshit. I like, like I, one of the things we pledged to do from the beginning was just to be honest. Yeah. And I was like, sometimes being honest can be embarrassing. I mean – vulnerable it puts yeah, you in a vulnerable, vulnerable position yeah there you because go because i admit like i i never owned this record i would love to own one i think it's cool but i until 
prepping for the episode, I never really um, listened to it because I was just so familiar with the Warzone, the first album mm-hmm. and the comp tracks, which I think are fantastic. I mean, the, the album is one of the best New York hardcore records ever. And I just kind of assumed it's not in print, blah, blah, blah. I, the victory stuff's okay. Yeah, you know, my first, very first exposure to Warzone was the Only the Strong 93 comp, which has the version of Crazy But Not Insane. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Or is it 93 or 91? I don't know. I think the probably first, 93. Yeah, I'm not sure. The, yeah, the first Only the Strong, the one with Strife. Yeah, 93, yeah. Strife, Endpoint. Is Brother that Team Jack on that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah unfortunately. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> That's Drive, likes Black no, the Strife track is my hot track for only the strong 93. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't listened to this record since the ep- that episode. Like, it's, I'll admit, it, I, yeah. I, I, I haven't either. It, and, I haven't and I know to it. somebody's, you know, angrily turning this off right now, going to, you know, yeah, write yeah. some kind of, but I, I mean, I again, and I love Warzone, but I think that, again, if I own the 7-inch, I think I would listen to it just because that's how I roll. Like, mm-hmm. if I had the record, I would, I yeah. would play it. Well, did they talk about re-releasing it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, okay. and I do think that once they – and that's the other thing. So my main way to consume music is through vinyl that I own or through Spotify. So it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't exist in either it's of the collections. Yeah, it's yeah. not on either of them. But when it's, when it's reissued, um, I would love to maybe revisit – that record. I mean, I don't see it being reissued for a while, but when it is, okay. I'll definitely revisit it, especially if it has an, I mean, we'll have to, if it has a new number, but even if it keeps rev one, I say like, I think the contrarian in me, um, Jason, I just, sorry for those listening. Jason is wearing this fucking sick bling necklace right now, <laughs> like a Jesus beast necklace. And it just made me take out my fucking silver Tulsi Mala. Yeah, and I, this I'm is like, uh, my Christmas gift from Catherine. <laughs> Yo, that is from, nice, man. Yeah. That is some like EPMD shit right it there. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Illmatic. Yeah, yeah. But Merry anyway, Christmas. thanks for the dookie rope. Yeah. Um, I think people's reaction to my reaction as record actually made me like it less. Like I'm oh, now, damn. now I'm just not listening to it out of pure spite for people's feel you people's reaction. Oh, uh, that it. sucks. Yeah, it does suck. And <laughs> I, yeah, but like, in a way, like I, I get it. Like opinions, people with opinions are, you know, on music, especially in things that are truly subjective, right? Like two people, I mean, look, you just made a joke about black train Jack. I love black train Jack. Right, and and we both and, heard the same song, yeah. and we process it differently. Right, and I feel like some people truly don't get that. Now, do I think some of your takes are fucking insane and yes. make me scratch my head? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But what That's am I going to do? I'm not going to change your mind. And and it also shouldn't affect you emotionally how I feel about music. And I am guilty of. Uh, I'm a fucking sarcastic, smart-ass fucker. And it makes me laugh to poke people about the way that they feel about music. Yeah. So I, I then in my head don't think that anybody should care about how I feel about music because right. it's, it's all so well, subjective and it's so 
Like I could tomorrow put on a blockchain track, Jack, I can't even say the fucking name of the band. I, I could put that record on and be like, yo, this slaps, but I'm not going to, because I actually listened to it like a month ago. Thanks to um, <laughs> Ryan from Meep Meep talking yeah. about it. And I was like, am I, but see, I'm also, I'm also open-minded and open-hearted enough where I'll listen to something again and be like, did I miss I was wrong? It, yeah. Was I wrong? Did I miss I've this? done it. Look at, and, look at what I did with like all the Dano bands. I was kind of like, ah, oh, not my thing. Right, you just Love blew it, it off. You're like, eh, whatever. This is not um, for me. Uh, what's the other? Oh, Course of Disapproval. Right. Like all this stuff I heard maybe in 1999 and was like, ah, eh, not for me. Yeah, but yeah. people do change their minds. Yes. Um, but everyone can hear something and get something different from it. And a lot of people, I think this Rev, especially the early stuff, is definitely sacred to people. And I get mm-hmm. that. This is like, like people took umbrage. Would that be the right word with us doing this? Cause I think they're like, who are these guys? Right. What makes them qualified to talk about it? Absolutely. And the point is, is that like, just like with punk, start your own band, start your own podcast. That's the yeah, whole that's beauty true. of it is that we were yeah. just like, well, no one's doing this. So we're going to do it. So we didn't wait around for somebody to start, you know, a, a podcast about it and be like, Oh, that would be cool. We just said, let's do our own. So to, to emphasize your point, I had never heard of Tony Rettman until, what, 2019, 2020? Just wasn't on my radar or whatever. So he writes this book, right, called Straight Edge, A Clear-Headed Hardcore Punk History. And so am I questioning this guy? And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy to write a book about Straight Edge? No, I don't, I, I, or, or fucking American hardcore or whatever book it is. It, I never in my mind was like, what makes this guy qualified to write this book about this? Absolutely never thought that you can pick up a pen. You can pick up a keyboard. You can pick up a microphone and you start talking. And maybe after this podcast is done, we will be the experts on all of this, but right now we're just talking about it. And yeah. And we're just three friends and fans of hardcore who are talking about records. And if you can't accept that, then fuck off. (laughs) Boom. The thing (laughs) is, the thing is, is like, and I did this even in, you know, my bands is like pissing off hardcore kids. It's kind of fun because they just like hardcore is serious. I mean, it's, I I get it. Like it's, 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 it's serious. Like I take it seriously. I don't think it's a joke. Some stuff about it. I the militant edge is also not a joke. <laughs> right. But do you know, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not that serious. I've built a multi-decade brand of trying my hardest to piss off hardcore kids. I was well, in a band, succeed, my friend. I was in a band called the mistake and I had one main goal and that was for someone to come up on stage and fight me in the middle of a set. Did it happen? No, fuck no, it didn't happen. <laughs> I tried my hardest. Yo, one time we're playing a show, real quick story before we go on. I, we were playing a show and this kid is heckling me for whatever reason. And I said into the microphone, I'll give $5 to whoever punches that kid who's heckling me right now. Kid got punched. I reached into my pocket and I paid the punchy a $5 bill. And then we just played the next song. Like... <laughs> That's fucking stupid. That is I mean, dumb shit. But you know what? It was fucking entertainment and and it was fun it for was me. On, at the it time. was on brand at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, 
I've, I've mellowed out a lot. I, my hot takes now, especially in the context of this podcast, I'm not saying that I don't like Snapcase or Black Train Jack or Warzone or whatever it is. I'm not saying this to get a reaction out of you. I'm literally just saying like, this isn't for me today. Let's move on and talk about something else. Yeah. Whatever. But I, I yeah. love, like, even when I did one up, I remember we played the last posse numbers and I, I forget if I told this somewhere. I probably did, but it, it's bears. Oh, what are you doing? Telling the same war story every time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, let me tell you. So we, we played the last posse fest. We knew we were breaking up and we did like um, Nirvana milk it as the intro, uh, like just like the whole thing. And like afterwards, I remember Todd Jones was like, what's your deal like do you guys just like pissing off hardcore kids and i was like yes yeah yes, <laughs> like it's fun it and is. and people who get, people who get it get it and then of course after that you had all these bands basically trying to sound like 90s stuff right and now there's like nirvana trivia albums and you know one i'm not saying and i'm not saying that we polo shirts yeah like i'm not saying that we had any hand in that no but it's but just the norm is, now it was yeah. funny to get like backlash for it and yes. then now it's like that's a cool thing yeah so but also we're not the experts we're not and i think we still learn stuff yes. when we interview the people that played on the records they still give us information that we didn't know before and that's the cool part about Every doing time. the podcast yeah. yeah so if some it's something that we get if we get something wrong, people have reached out, and I think that's cool. I right. They definitely have, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they definitely have. <laughs> and, like, and, I, and I get it. I, um, I am curious to see, once we fully make the leap into the college years, as yeah. Javier's put it, I'm curious to see, like, I don't see – a shades apart fan angrily reaching out to us because we got some factoid wrong. You'd be surprised. I bet, yeah, I bet you might. <laughs> but, but yeah, like maybe or that'll happen. In, or into another or fucking engine kid. Like, oh no, what are you doing? You're ruining yeah. the re- legacy. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll see. So yeah. next release on the docket. Yo, the together comp, my yeah. favorite part of this comp is the layout. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. <laughs> I love the comp. again. Uh, it's yeah, a cool record. It's cool. It's it's got some great bands. Actually, you know, I you know I love Bold, so I love that version of uh, fucking Talk Is Cheap. But um, th- again, this isn't a record that I've gone back to since we did the episode. Um, just not something that I reach for. Uh, again, I, I really appreciate the looking at it for the evolution of the artwork, the layout the Revelation logo, the stars, uh, you know, it, it's cool. But for me, I just, I don't, I don't need to go back and revisit and, or I'm not trying to collect this record either. What, what if they had it? What if they reissued it? You think you'd pick it up and listen to it a little more? Um, I would probably buy one when it came yeah. out. I don't think yeah. that it would be on constant rotation for me. Fair. Also as an, as a man in my forties, I have yeah. way less attention span for seven inch records. I've always, I've been like that for years. <clears throat> I just the whole like flipping them over and mm-hmm. listening to another song. It's hard for me. I've said this on the podcast too, that like double 12 inches where there's like, like a brand new, the devil and God is, um, Oh, where they do it at 45. Cause yeah, it there's like two or three songs per side. And then you got to keep, there's two records. It's like, that's too much, man. Like, 
the Smiths record has fucking like 10 songs per side or something like that, you know, six, eight songs per side. The Queen is dead. Like it's like a 45, 40 minute record that's just split normally. Like, why can't we do that? So yeah, uh, together, I'll say I love this comp. Um, and I, because, you know, for the same reasons as Warzone, uh, I didn't, I don't own a copy, but yeah. this one is one where I'm like, man, I really want to copy this. Cause for a long time, again, because of like what we talked about in earlier episodes before the internet, I just assumed all these songs were on the way it is until probably uh, the last yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Cause, cause that was what like very distribution catalog said, like sure. the way it is the updated 12 inch version of together. So I never thought, Oh, there's different songs on here. And, um, I am excited for it to be reissued because I'll play the shit out of it on record. And yeah. On. Yeah. Greg, did you say Billy from side by side did the super touch basketball player? Yes. Uh, Sammy, I thought that was cool. I, I was, I was talking with uh, Sammy, a uh, frequent guest on the pod, Sammy Siegler, bit at Bo Sammy. Great. Dude. And um, he said, Hey, a little known fact, like Billy drew the basketball player. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, and uh, I thought that was a cool factoid. I liked those shirts that Rev just did. I'm just, I'm going to put it out there. I thought they were cool looking. Yeah. Same here. Searching for, but the that level. was one of the fun parts for me was diving back into the artwork and looking at that stuff a little yeah. more, a little more in depth with that comp. Agreed. So yeah. I'm sick of it all. Seven inch sick of it. All seven inch was cool to do actually cool to do two episodes on. Yeah. Agreed. Um, uh, Jason, was that your first episode with us? No, the first episode was the way it is comp. Okay. It was not until the end, remember? He yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got prodded. Yeah. Prodded we'll into it. it. We'll <laughs> which, which, again, not to get too deep into it, but Jason, you know, we really had to convince Jason to come on because Jason it's was true. behind the scenes since day one. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a quiet dude. Anyone that knows him, he's a sweetheart. But, you know, he's a quiet dude. He's not as boisterous and loud as – me and Javier. That's true. And, um, you know, we were like, come, you know, come on. He's like, no, nah, it's cool. Like I'll just do the behind the scenes. And then finally for the, for the way it is, we're jumping ahead, but we'll, we'll talk more about it. We were like, dude, we're getting Jordan and Raghunath on here. Like yeah. at the very least, just, you know, t- dial just be a fly on the wall. Yeah. And be he a fly was, on the wall for that but then, Jor- then Jordan, called him out he did and uh at the end and then it was like it was one of these things where he just and not in a bad way it was like he never left then like we yeah. were just like all right he moved he, in yeah he was indoctrinated in <laughs> yeah and uh but, he's been here ever since and we're well, all the better I, for it we'll, we'll get into it but i wish i could go back and do my homework for that episode a little more eh, it's all right the learning experience but uh, sick sure. of it all was cool because we we just talked about again we just talked about our feelings about it and we did whatever research we could whatever homework we could um you know i own an old copy i own a new copy um and then later on we got the chance to sit down with lou and armand and actually get their perspective on it and i thought that was it was cool yeah, yeah that and, was awesome. I mean, you guys know I love sick of it all. So mm-hmm. that was that was a big deal for me to, oh, yeah. to talk with those guys. And um because I would say from the seven inch up to and including scratch the surface, 
I mean, that's a flawless catalog. And and I don't have a problem with the n- newer Sick of It All stuff. I actually think there's some yeah. good tracks. Yeah. And but good that, that was and, a, a fucking good stretch of records. A good run of like yeah, fall. Like sure, Built to Last is actually a really good record. I love Built to Last. Yeah, I like um, that one also. I would maybe even stretch actually to Yeah, include, I would. And, I would include Built to Last on there. Um, and after but I that, think, I just kind of lost interest, to be honest. Yeah, like the fat stuff's cool. The um, Century Media stuff's cool. Yeah. But... I mean, when I want to listen to Sick of It All, it's usually the, the early and, stuff. Yeah. And I thought it was cool to hear them talk so much about that 7-inch yeah. because I know it's not something most interviews you hear with them. Maybe people will bring it up and they kind of briefly address it. But to be able to talk to them in length about it was cool. So I appreciate Absolutely. them doing that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, like because you have to put in, in, in put yourself in, in their shoes. Like they've done so many records. Yeah, exactly. And – they have people asking them about a 33-year-old 30, <laughs> piece of music that's like, what, 10 minutes long? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, and they, they that was awesome. Hey, but I got to say, every time they play, it's clobbering time live. Dude, Agreed. you got to clobber. You just, <laughs> you got to clobber something. If it's yourself, it's the person in front of you. Disrespect your surroundings, you know? Yeah. So what's next? Uh, Gorilla Biscuits 7-inch. Gorilla Biscuits, self-titled 7-inch. Uh, you know, one of the things with this podcast that, like uh, the youth of today, everybody calls that 7-inch disengaged. It's actually called self-titled. Youth of today, self-titles. Uh, same thing, Gorilla Biscuits, self-titled. And this was, uh, it's an important record. It's a record that I think is kind of universally accepted. It's fun. Um was this our first interview? This was our first aired interview yeah. as far as like when, when it came chronologically. And um, I haven't gone back and listened to some of the earlier interviews, but I, I have I, and I don't plan, <laughs> I don't plan yeah. on doing it. But I mean, we were luckily interviewing like people that are awesome to talk to. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't really matter too much that Javier and I may not have known so much what we were doing. Um, and really, I, I want to give all – because the way things work, and it's the same with in a band or you know, doing whatever, is once you get a seal of approval from someone, it, like, snowballs. Like, if you're yeah. just starting out and you ask something – I mean, you know this, Jason, with design or whatever. Like, you ask somebody, and they're kind of like, well, what do you have to show them? Like uh, – a resume yeah like this could be cool but then you know i i really have to give again thanks to sammy because he got the ball rolling yeah i reached out to him um for side by side he was very receptive and he understood what we were trying to do like right off the bat he was like i think it's a great idea and then he is who got us in touch with luke and arthur and then I just think after that, it started to snowball. Like we had the, we, you know, the grill biscuits episode, the side by side, and then just, you know. And I got to say from an outside perspective on this one, you were, you were both like, Hey, we got Luke and Arthur for the GB seven inch. And I was yeah. like, Oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah. So and, I was excited for you guys. Yeah. We always, we've said internally, it's cool to get the sieves and the poor cells, but it's, really cool to get the Luke and the Arthur, like to get the people who don't get to talk all the time, that don't get the microphone all the time, the drummers, the bass players, the graphic designers, the people kind of 
in in not necessarily in the lime in the light but like in the behind the scenes or you know that's not as prominent voices and like um you know raganoth he would be like oh well this was said on this episode but like i think it's this you know it's it's cool to have get the different perspectives get the different perspectives the people in the bands the people outside of the bands and you know every time we talk uh, not every time, but I was really surprised at the amount of people that we interviewed who would be like, oh, I listened to this episode and it was really cool to hear that. Like all of these guys who have been doing these bands since fucking 1986, maybe they didn't know this story or they right. didn't know about the recording or they forgot about this. And it's cool for them to hear their friends and their bandmates or whoever. Yeah. Talk about this yeah. stuff. I think I remember, that's really cool. Um, you know, Ruganov, I think it was in his review of our podcast on iTunes. He gave us a five-star review, by the way. So bit of bow, Ruganov. And he said, listening to the GB one really brought me back. Because I can imagine, like, that was his era. And you're listening to people that you rode in the van with, that you hung out with, that you bought records with, that you, you know, went to grab a slice of pizza with or whatever after the show. And you're hearing them now 30 plus years on sharing their perspective. And like, here's the other thing. They, those two, speaking about Luke and Arthur in particular, they may not be the usual suspects, but can you imagine the Gorilla Biscuits LP without Luke's drumming on it? Not at all. Can you imagine the Gorilla Biscuits LP without Arthur's face playing well, on it? Here's the Definitely thing not. about that is I, this podcast and this episode in particular really made me think about those two things differently it really made me like i grew up listening to fucking start today did i completely understand the importance of the bass on that record i did not same so this episode and this interview talking to arthur talking to people about arthur really made me uh look and appreciate those things differently was it luke that said that arthur's bass sings might have been walter yeah well yeah, like, and it do. does the and, whole today record especially yes which, you know i don't want to talk too much about that till we get to it but it it, it does it sings it's yeah. the 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 band would not sound the way they do without those two guys yeah. so i wanted to clarify when we say like not the usual suspects we just mean the fact that you know look, we've all been in bands. Everybody wants to interview the singer. Yeah. Or in some cases, maybe the guitar player who they know is like, you know, the, the leader, like they're, you know, like in a case or not a leader, but a prominent force, like yeah. your Porcells or even, you know, going back like Alba real, like, mm-hmm. you know, for SSD, people are going to reach out to him before maybe they'd even reach out to say Springer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it was just really cool. That record is, you know, I've, been a fan of that record for more than half my life and learning new facts about it 25 years later is pretty awesome yeah. you know um one of the cool things about this uh podcast is it's made my obsession with uh fonts like intensified <laughs> and the hardcore fanzine book by uh drawdown that's about good and plenty has fucking four pages about Berthold City and Princetown fonts and talking about the 
history of them, the importance of them in hardcore. Um, there's another blog. I, I'm probably going to get this completely wrong, but I think it might be Dobek Ohashi that is talking about um, Berthold City. And that might've been the first place that I really read about its um, prominence in hardcore. But now looking at these records, looking at the Gorilla Biscuit 7-inch and understanding where City came from and looking at the Judge 12-inch and understanding where Princetown came from, like that is just some ultra nerd shit that this has really fed my fire about. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I I never paid too much. You know, I would stare at these covers more so once getting the vinyl years later, because like I said, I had CDs. So yeah. a lot of it was kind of like, oh, this is, you know, they're so disposable almost. Yeah, but yeah. this really made me appreciate what goes into a layout and design and like photographs. Like, I mean, BJ Pappas's pictures. Which oh, are yeah. Fantastic. And um, yeah, it's great. So what's the next side one? by side? You're only young once. Don't fuck it up. Revelation 005. Um, that was a really cool interview with Sammy. That was our um, first actual interview. First time we interviewed someone, yeah. yeah. And uh, also the the start of one of our biggest inside jokes among each other in this podcast, which is do your homework, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Love it. And yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about this record. I I have actually gone back and listened to side by side more than previously thanks to um listening to you know listening to it in preparation for this episode i have yeah. gone back more and more and listened to it since it's a sick record hey i gotta say you did an awesome job on editing on uh-huh. this one and hearing those <laughs> clips of jules live i was like oh fuck i forgot how awesome yeah, yeah Jules sounds so, and i don't know um, i like you that know, i I edit all the episodes. Uh, I do it all on GarageBand because I'm just been using GarageBand for so long. Dewitt Hellion um, really turned me on to the value of GarageBand as a free app that comes included on your Macintosh computer. And bit of bow Macintosh. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I can. Bit of bow Tim Cook. It, it's really interesting seeing the like i see the sounds on garage band and you can like zoom in and out and like micro cutouts and i also was trained extensively in public speaking through working for paul mitchell and it was really important that like we used to grade people about their presentations and we would take a tally of the times that they say um and like ooh, and, and, ooh, I'm and you know? so I had to really learn how to speak distinctly and so that helped me to be able to edit that stuff out because I know what to look for there's been episodes where I had like 135 edits in a conversation so I have to sit there and actively listen to every conversation and make sure there's no dead air there's no technical malfunctions like when we interviewed norm in the middle of it he's like uh we've been doing this for like two hours i really got to go to the bathroom you guys you know or like i gotta get a coke or whatever it is so yeah i've really had to do that and then on top of that 
for your point, Jason, I collect MP3s like some people collect fucking seven-inch records. And it's always been really important to me to have on my hard drive, if I like a band, I got to have everything. I got to have, you know, with Chain of Strength, I have all of the recordings of the seven inches, but then I also have the 12 inch, but then I also have live sets. It's so I have an amazing collection of things to draw upon to put into the episodes, you know, Um, and that's been important to me and being able to edit those into certain places and keep it interesting. And maybe, you know, people have reached out to me and be like, what did you, what was that, that you edited in there? Oh, well, it was the, from the judge 88 demo or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, um, so thank you for noticing that as a, you know, that was before you were completely on the show. And um, I wanted to throw out too, just so people know, like the editing I know takes a lot of work and to give people an idea of what, you know, I don't know if this is considered guilt-tripping patron people for patronage or whatever, but I did want to give Hav a bit of bow because we record these on a Sunday, um, and they usually take several hours, and then it's edited and up for our patrons for the early access by Tuesday. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty damn good turnaround. Yeah, I wake, like, I wake up at 5 a.m. And, yeah. and upload it uh, to Patreon so that people on the East Coast can have it, you know, aid it by the very latest by 10 a.m. EST. Yeah. And, so it, it, I wanted to throw that out there that like, and, you know, because we do have, like we said, we have the Patreon, where it went, podcast.com. We'll, we'll take you there. Um, and you get the early access and the bonus episodes. So like yeah, and, and sometimes bonus- Hobbs editing bonus. So <laughs> that's why like the bonus episodes too, like we, we we're, we're doing pretty well with two a month. Uh, yeah. I think like the November came on like December 1st or whatever. Yeah. But like, again, people, we appreciate everybody for the support. And also the having my says, which if you are a patron, even a $3 a month patron, um, which by the way, Patreon says that, their patrons should not give less than $3 a month. Like you can have dollar patrons, but Patreon recommends because of the fees and because of PayPal fees and all that stuff. They're basically Mm. like, as a creator, it's not worth it for you to take less than $3 a month because you're going to be getting pennies. But if you're a any level Patreon subscriber for us, I edit these quick little four to six minute episodes called Having My Say. And it's stuff that just didn't quite make it into the episode and um i try to do one of those for every episode and and those are up before the I, and i feel like we talked about this so i don't want this to be another war story uh-huh well, uh, hey, what okay. was the first one that you did huh do you remember the first having my say yeah i do um i think it was hold on it was did it start uh, today i don't remember no it was it was i think it was the um break down the walls maybe hmm uh, okay. I have to go back and look. Hey, but I got to say, when you when Sammy was talking about back to the episode, when Sammy yeah. was talking about alone alone in the crowd, uh-huh. I thought to myself, I really fucked up by not going to that Philly show. You uh, and me both, yeah. dude. That I was actually hurt. talking about it with with uh, our our mutual friend Balaram Shakti literally yesterday. He okay. was like, "Why didn't you go?" And I and I said, "You know what? One, it's like the." This is stupid, but the idea of like winter time going down in that 
church basement and just like <laughs> i never know like too like if it's now like, what, what i wouldn't give yo exactly in that basement please but but the thing the thing is too is like i'm a person where i don't draw i don't do well with snow so when i see stuff scheduled for winter time here javier shut the fuck up i know you don't have to worry <laughs> about this but i look at like the forecast or whatever and i'm like i'm not we have one car it's like a little tin can and i'm like I don't want to drive in the snow. So a lot of times when I see stuff is like in the winter, I would sort of like back off. Cause I'm like, I don't want to buy a ticket. Cause I've, I've bought tickets to things and then there's been a, like a blizzard and it doesn't get canceled and I just eat the ticket. Yeah. It um, sucks. But with that, and, and I thought I was like, there's no way it can be good. And I know that sounds terrible. I and like, I want to clarify. And, and, and I, I feel like Jules would understand it it was fucking stupid on my part because it was awesome i watched the video it was awesome but i was kind of like well you know some bands like you know like oh they're doing a reunion well i've seen you know like youth of today i'm like well capo's been singing with shelter and he better than a thousand right all like this, so i'm not fun. driving i'm not probably going to drive to los angeles to see youth of today if they're playing in orange county or san diego like you don't need to go to every fucking show right so my take was kind of like I didn't think that they would do it again, but I was like, how they have four songs. Just, it was stupid <laughs> yeah. on my part. And yeah. it's funny too, because speaking of side by side, I, I had these guys know, but I did have an actual very long phone conversation with Jules. So I want to put this out in the universe. Cause he had agreed to um, that he would do like a revisited, like we did for sick of it all if we could get Billy. Um, so let's throw that in the universe. Cause yeah. like Billy did the gorilla biscuits, gorilla, like he's so many of the iconic early rev images are an, a tribute to him. Plus mm -hmm. he, um, he's super talented. He was a little bit older than everybody else. So like he was part of the DC scene. Like he literally like, like Jules had told me like, he knew Henry Rollins when he was Henry Garfield. Like he saw teen idols. He saw SOA. So I would love to pick his brain. So yeah, I wanted here. to throw, throw that out there. Um, but yeah, I, I do really regret not going to that yeah. show. Like that's in a top five regret show. It's, it was sold out, but then they posted something the day of that said, anybody that wants to get in will get in. And I thought, am I going to make that drive in the hopes that I get into the show and then have right. to yeah, that's rough. bother someone about letting me in and all that stuff. But I guess everyone got in yeah. and I should have gone. So we fucked up, Jay. We fucked up. And you know what? See, I think this is what's great. We talk about honesty. Like I'm honest. I, I, I made a mistake. I'm not stubborn. I'm not going to be like, I didn't go and I don't care that I didn't go. My reasons were dumb. And, and hopefully now in the future, I can say like, don't be dumb. Well, you and, know, you're only on once, so don't yeah, fuck it up. But you, you get what I'm saying, though? It's like, yeah. it was dumb. I was just like, well, I, you know, I hadn't seen Jules ever front a band. So it's kind of like, what if, what if, and, and let's be honest, there's times where there's reunions and you're kind of like, oh, you yeah. know, and I didn't, I didn't want I, that. Yeah. I didn't want it to taint what I loved about sure. Side by Side and yeah. Alone in the Crowd. But in this case, I screwed up. Javier. Yeah. 006. No for an answer, seven inch. To me, this was the first um, 
You know, I, I, I've been to Rev many times over the years and just kind of dug through the art files, like just for fun. Like I'm just there hanging out with Igby and I'm just like, oh, let me see this. What do you got back there? I dug into the You Laugh art file for the specific purpose of like taking photos for this episode and seeing the fucking Sharpie marks and the glue and all that stuff, that kind of, again, like I'm not a fucking graphic designer. I got a couple skills. I've done a few band layouts. I've done some album artwork stuff. I didn't go to school for it. It's not my full-time job. But seeing that shit was like so cool and important to me. And I mean, still, I, I haven't gone back and listened to the You Laugh 7-inch because, hey, I'm fucking team Thought Crusade all day. I ride yeah. hard for Thought Crusade. Um, but also, it was really cool talking to Casey Jones and getting his story about stuff because, again, I was a huge Ignite fan in the mid-90s. I was at the first Ignite gig. I saw him play those songs many times. I, you know, I saw Ignite play Man Against Man mm-hmm. so many times. And like, I can't wait to talk about those Ignite records. Yeah, fuck, dude. Those, yo. And I mean, Call on My Brothers has a, a new pressing up right now that looks sick with the yeah. clear vinyl. I have to get my hands on that, actually. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, this, this was a cool episode. And we did try to get Dan O'Mahony as a guest. It, it didn't work out. Uh, at the time and um but and we I, thought about doing a, a a revisit and we thought you know what i know dan dan um and i've actually had conversations with dan as well like he'd much rather talk about the speak lp yeah which which so we'll talk to him about that right that's again. cool yeah. I, and, and it's it's like saving that for later and we could yeah. bring it up when we talked to just absolutely like, oh, we already talked about no for an answer do you have anything to add about that while we're here because for dan dan um, I've listened to interviews with him and, you know, and, and like I said, messaging back and forth with him and just seeing his presence on social media. He's not um, a very nostalgic person. And there's a lot of people like, Respect. it's sort of like how like Ian Mackay is like, he does stuff like archival releases, but he's not like trying Stuck to go back. So yeah. that's kind of what I think about Dan. And to him, it's like, no for an answer, seven inch. Like that's, ancient history like i did all this other stuff yeah like and that was like a blip on on my musical radar Mm -hmm. um but i think it's a great record like i actually have really come around to it i do like the full length better uh thanks to javier uh for hipping me to that um and Um, i I got some shinfo about this record too the poison free tattoo on his arm Uh Igby told me that there's somebody else in Southern California who has the exact same tattoo in the exact same place. I don't remember who it is. He was in another band. Okay. But uh, there's somebody else out there with that same poison-free tattoo. Yeah, I Shinfo. can see it. Shinfo. Hey, um, your guys' interview was really good, though, Thank with you. this one. Thank I liked hearing Casey Jones' perspective on, on the band and the 7-inch. I thought that yeah. was cool, and you guys did a good job with that. I was excited for that one. And any chance I have to talk about uniform choice, <laughs> I'm in. And he was, he's all about uniform choice. And, Jeez, brother. And Shin, Shinfo <laughs> being that every member on that 
seven inch, the no for an answer, seven inch sang backups on one of the greatest hardcore records of all time. What? Screaming Justice for change. League. Just kidding. No, oh. <laughs> uniform choice. Screaming <laughs> for change. Like that's, that's some cool shit. Blood though. days. Blood yeah. days. Hey, but, um, shit. What was I going to say? I was going to say something Sorry. about this. Uh, fuck. I'm, not, I'm not editing this out, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not editing this, this episode. This episode doesn't need any editing. Yeah. We're talking um, about also throwing it out there that we we did uh, want to interview Gavin Oglesby. That was like on a on a list for me, and just couldn't. I don't want to say couldn't find him because that would discredit our homework ability. But he just it just didn't work out. And he's, I, he's definitely not as reachable as yeah. the other uh, folks. Yeah, Casey was like so. Like, yes, I'll talk to you guys. Yes, let's do it. It, it was, was awesome. It was really cool. He's such yeah, a great dude. I it was and, cool. uh, you know, to, I'm excited to talk Ignite uh, when the time comes yeah. because Ignite rules. Are you ready to talk about the way it is? Let's do it. Jason's I, first appearance. I feel like this, this one was like a, a, a turning point for us because of the, um, you know, because of Jason joining too, like at, at the end of the episode. Thrown but, in. But I think also just because I think when we shared this one and it's Jordan and Capo, I think then people were like, oh, okay, these guys are like, they're doing it. Yeah. And just to clarify, we, which we have said before, so if you've made it this far in the episode, you've probably listened to us before, this podcast was the brainchild of Greg who asked me to do it with them. And we did not approach revelation records at all before we started recording it. We didn't go in with our hands out. We didn't want a anything from them. We just said, we're going to do this. And then eventually, you know, Jordan was like, Oh, cool. These guys are doing this thing. Like they're doing it. it. They're doing it well. And they're not fucking it up. So Jordan at this point was like, what do you guys need? What do you guys want to talk about? Like, let's, let's do it. And so uh, I can't imagine doing this episode without talking to Jordan now, um, you know, and, and hearing his perspective on it, his point of view, the memories, and then getting Ray Capo on there, which I, I, I'm just going to say, to the quote-unquote normal masses of hardcore kids, I don't think that Ray Capo's name is associated with Revelation Records in the same regard that Jordan Cooper's is. It's like, yes, Ray helped start this thing. Ray was there at the beginning. He's played on a lot of records, but this is Jordan Cooper's record label. And so it was cool to hear Capo give his perspective on those early days and, and some of those bands. Yeah, it was awesome. I and I was a fly on the wall for most of it. And like we talked about at the end, Jordan was like, and yeah, bit of bow to this guy in the corner that hasn't said anything the whole episode. <laughs> and then we started talking a little bit. So um, that was fun and memorable. I remember what I was going to say. And that was no for an answer is so much larger in California mm. than I think I can grasp being on the East coast. That's what I was going to say. Back to the way it is. Awesome comp. I, th- I think this was the first time too where I really had people reaching out to me and being like, like, 
talking to me about my opinions about some of these songs or these breakdowns. Yeah, like oh, because he didn't like breakdown. That's right. Yeah, and it's that became like a thing. And you know, having uh, been about a Dave Ito, who was just like, really breakdown? Like you're just gonna go out out there and say it? And even uh, my my dude Chase Corum too is just like, eh, I don't know if people want to hear some of your opinions, dude. And I'm just like, I don't care. This is this is just what we're doing, and. You can listen or that's not high listen. on the hot take. That's high on the Hobbs hot take list. I think <laughs> I gotta yeah. say that. I mean, that's top five, right? But, but but again, again, you're from California. Like yeah. it's just there is a difference. Yeah, to chain of strength. Yes, um, there really is because out on the in the East Coast here, I mean, breakdown. Like if you say you don't like breakdown people look at you like you have three heads because <laughs> I feel like the older I get, actually the more that I appreciate um, breakdown and how great they were. And, and that demo, that 87 demo, I mean, that 87 mm-hmm. demo is perfect. And I do want to also acknowledge. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say just a few days ago, um, rich uh, from both raw deal and killing time. Uh, and breakdown uh, had passed away, so my heart goes out to um, you know his family and yeah. and friends because um, they're, they're two important bands I think in the lexicon of of New York hardcore, and um, it just it sucked to hear. Um, so you know, again, very sorry for you know it's a, it's a huge loss I think yeah, to our, our scene. I think too with this episode we purposefully avoided any controversy um, yeah. around the time. It was kind of a, a topic of conversation on Facebook hardcore groups about it YDL. Was. And it just seemed to be like in people's mouths and ears talking about YDL. And it had just come up on street, like coincidentally. Yeah. 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 They just put, the comp up on streaming well on spotify on spotify right okay spotify. and and um it was you know missing the ydl track and of course people were up in arms and i think also this was a turning point because i think it showed people like we're not that podcast like we're not going to dig into uh controversial stuff and beef and all this yeah. different yeah. thing. Like, I'm not interested. Yeah, why didn't, I mean, we've had people, why didn't you ask about this band's beef with this band? And nope. that I stuff is like, I, I, especially now, who cares? Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. we're here to talk about the records themselves and the music. Yeah. I wanted to add one more thing too with Javier. So I feel like, you know, Javier, with your hot takes, you get singled out a lot as like, you think you're an expert and blah, 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 blah. And you have these opinions. And why would you do this podcast? And the simple answer is like, my fucking friend asked me to do it. And I said, yes. <laughs> like, you know what I, like, I think about yeah. that. Like, like you're like, I talk, I talk to Greg all the time. He asked me to do the podcast. And of course I was like, yeah, we get to talk about hardcore and stuff. Sure. It wasn't some grand thing where you were like, I'm going to infiltrate New York hardcore by, you know, from the inside. Yeah. And I think people kind of don't realize that is like, and guess what? There's a reason that I picked Javier when I had this idea because if it was just someone that thought exactly like me it's not fun that's right not like fun. What, yeah. what if you had someone who just grew up in New York City and was true blue 
New York hardcore through and through. What would happen when you get to like Rev 45 or something like that? And they're just like, I know this shit sucks. I never listened to it. Or the answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of, um, you talking REM re me, which is a podcast where, uh, comedian Scott Aukerman and, uh, Adam Scott go through the REM catalog and their levels of fandom are different. Mm. Adam is like me. They're his favorite band of all time. They're, you know, they're my favorite band. And then Scott likes like the early stuff and hadn't heard anything past like 1988. Uh And it made for fun listening because he was coming at all this stuff and he's like, Oh, this came out. I didn't even care. I heard this song on the radio and I hated it. So, you know, I didn't bother even like, you know, to me, REM was done. And now I appreciate this, blah, blah, blah. Like that was more interesting than if like me and Adam Scott did a podcast. Yeah. Wait, I, and Derek I don't from, agree with everything. Derek from Step Brothers is on a REM podcast. <laughs> yeah. What dude, the fuck, dude? I didn't they, know that. That's dude, so they, fucking they, crazy. They are, they're his all time favorite. Like he actually said in the first episode, he said, he was real. So they did a podcast originally called you talking you two to me. Yeah. Yeah. Where they went through the U two catalog and they finished it and they, and they did, it? they did it. <laughs> and then it's super oh, they funny. It. Yeah. Yeah. And if U two has a new album, they'll, they'll okay. like, Oh, so they just kept the same thing and changed the so name. Then I they think changed the logo. I think you've explained this to me before. Yeah. Either so on air or talk. not. And so, yeah. so they, um, that was one of the things too, that, and, um, Mojack is what gave uh-huh. me the idea to do this. Um, but they did it with U2. And, um, you know, they're both pretty big fans of U2. Like Scott Aukerman, who, you know, he was a writer for Mr. Show. And um, he does comedy bang, bang. He's funny. He, uh, you know, they, they did the podcast. And it's funny because their podcasts are also like three hours long. Uh-huh. And the first like hour and a half has nothing to do with you two. Like it's just them like joking around. And then the whole inside joke is that they're like, and uh, just so you know, you're listening to you talking you two re- uh, to me where we only exclusively talk about you two, but like they haven't mentioned it. Like they did Octung baby. I think they had to do it three times because <laughs> they did a whole episode three hours and didn't talk about the record at all. And then like, I oh, will get to it next, <laughs> next wow. time. But my point is, is that they had these different viewpoints from what their level of fandom Uh was. And, um, I found that interesting to listen to, to see someone with a, a, a different perspective. Um, and that was what I wanted to do with this is have somebody who maybe doesn't think breakdowns good. And Um, I gotta say, Hob, I don't take it personally. That you yeah, don't like breakdown? Right. It doesn't. I don't know yeah. why. It just it doesn't make more me breakdown like, for me well, then. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Now I'm go. not gonna have to more compete breakdown with shirts you. for me. Yeah, yeah I was say we don't have to compete with you for shirts or, or records or whatever. That's right. So yeah, I thought this episode uh, the, the way it is to me was like in some ways again because Jason coming on to me it almost that feels like our first episode. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, Break down the walls. Uh, who did we interview for Break Down the Walls? I don't even remember. Drew. Oh, that was on Break Down the and, Walls. And 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 Porcel. Yeah. And so that one was rad. That was cool because I feel like 
they hadn't seen each other in a while or talked to each other. And it was cool for them to get back. I've seen Drew play in Youth of Today, um, Rev 25. Uh, I, it was like Drew and Richie on stage yeah. with Porcel and Ken Olden, right? Yes. I mean, they, no, I they think had, it was Craig. No, it was oh, Craig. Oh, yeah, it was Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, yeah there there was, like, because I know Ken Olden was there and they, okay. like, switched um, switched members a couple of times. Like, Richie didn't play on the whole set and Drew, you know, had come out. And I think that they just mostly did Break Down the Walls. It's on YouTube. Yeah, and, there's a video and, of it. And a couple other things. Um, yeah, this was a, a cool episode and our our uh, started our love affair with drew yeah dude he's so cool so cool. like i said i feel like i feel like george costanza on on the seinfeld where elaine is dating dan cortez i forget <laughs> what his name was uh, and i'm just like drew's so awesome man like yeah it, 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 that was that was really fun and i mean a pivotal record in my life yeah. Break down the walls. So to get to talk about that and hear stories that even Ruganoff said he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like about like Brian Baker being one of the first people to see the record and all that. Like, that's why I love doing this. That's the yeah. stuff I love. And I got to say for people that don't know. So what happened was Porcel was scheduled to be on the interview. Porcel was like, Oh, did you reach out to uh, Ray to see if it would come on? We did. He was busy. He couldn't do it. Oh, well you should get drew. Let me call him up right now. And so while we were recording, he calls up Drew. Hey, I'm doing this podcast where it went. You should come on and talk to us. Drew was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Sure, sure thing. Yeah, he was like, and I'm on the train. In. I'm on my way home. And then as soon as I get home, I'll sign on. Yeah. And hold on. Not only did he say that. Oh, yeah, I know that podcast. I was talking about <laughs> it with Walter the other day. Yeah. And we were like, yeah. 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 That, and I got to say, I've, I feel like this was a turning point as far as like uh, Porcel helped. Uh-huh. by promoting the episode uh-huh. on his social media and stuff like that. And when he brought it up to Drew and Drew was familiar with it, I thought, oh, this is cool because Agreed. we're catching on to this. I wanted to give another special shout actually to uh, Parmananda uh, yeah. Por- Porcel because I think by him getting Drew and being so supportive, you know, he's known Javier and I for a while personally, um, but like his help, and his support of the, of the podcast and kind of like legitimizing us um, was definitely big. Cause that was like one of our most downloaded episodes because yeah. he spread the word. Um, and I also want to shout out around the time of that episode, no echo um, Adam, yo, he did the piece with no echo. And uh, that also, I think brought us into more like public consciousness. So yeah. uh, very thankful. No echo actually have a Patreon um too so check out you know their website and there's some cool perks and i think that set the bar for people telling stories that aren't already out there and that's what we want to hear also and i think that's what people that are listening want to hear is the things about recording these records that aren't common knowledge because i listen to a lot of podcasts and i've read a lot of interviews and a lot of times people just recycle the same stories but this is kind of people's chance for everyone that's listening that have played on these records. This is your chance to let people know things about these records and memories that you have that aren't known. And if you have a friend that you're, that you played with in a band and you are on the best terms with fucking take the time and just 
You know, yeah, the time agreed. is now. Yeah. Time yeah. Is now. Not and, just and, a compilation. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree. And like 2020, fucking put your differences aside and I don't know. Talk about it. Cause th- people some good care. Memories. Yeah. Pe- people, people care. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line is pe- the reason I think people get so worked up about when we maybe do something wrong or have is because this is such an important label for hardcore and, and punk rock. So I get it. So what's next? Yeah. Speak out. Super important record for all of us. Oh, um, yes. And this was a great, great episode for us. Um, you know, this one we had Drew and Tim. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought that was cool, again, because Tim, I mean, you really don't hear from Tim Brooks. Yeah, and, uh, yeah that's true. He's, he's cool as shit. And, um, you know, he, uh, cool bass player, you know, he, uh uh, yeah, I don't know. Like he just—he's just like, uh, <laughs> you know, him and Drew. It was just—it was neat because again, you don't, you don't really get his his perspective, and um, I thought that was fun. Definitely wanted to have Matt there also. Yeah, same here. Throwing but, that into the universe, but we will—we'll just get him for the discography. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was great. And the talking about just bold. I love it, it gave me a new perspective on the LP when I went yeah. back and listened to it, knowing that they knew that the recording um, could have been better. I thought that was cool yeah. that yeah. they recognized that also. Um, um, it, this episode also forced me to buy a Speak Out shirt. Hey, same here. Um, the one with the like, yellow, the bold Speak Out one. Um, got it from Merch Now. Right, mm-hmm. uh, they have so much cool bold stuff. Yeah, on there. they really do. And I'd always, always wanted that shirt. Um, you know, it was kind of like a a grail, I guess you could say, in the parlance yeah. of our times. And the reason why, not the specific shirt, and I think I maybe mentioned this wrongly on the episode, but th- there's so many bold shirts on the Chain of Strength seven inch. On, <laughs> That's right on the cover. Um, on the inside, on the insert, in all of the ads, either Kurt or Al is wearing a bold shirt, not the same one, but it's just stuck in my head for so long. And I finally was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy this shirt. Maybe it was the first bold shirt I've ever purchased, um, paid money for, which I is- remember seeing a photo with you with that shirt on. Cool. And me too. I have I have it too from you. Well, you grabbed it for me, and yeah. I have quite a few bold shirts now, uh-huh. um, and doing no small part to getting psyched on the podcast. Yeah, from doing that, and like I went and you know I actually ordered the long sleeve that merch now a new one. The um, accept the blame. Accept the blame. It's on its way. Um, I mean. Their design, the Bold's designs are just so good. Like the, yeah. the logo is just, it's cool. Um, Definitely cool. I guess we could just jump straight into the Chain of Strength 7-inch. Um, that was Ooh. cool. And again, it was an episode where we purposefully tried to avoid any controversy, drama, beef, bad talk anything we just were like we're gonna fucking talk to these guys about this record and about their band and 
if there's people out there who want to hear, you know, some dirt or some have us talk about poorly about one of the members of the band, it's not going to happen here. That's just not our, our MO. And uh, I think that the, the conversation that we did have came out very well. Um, You know, talking to Al, he's Al Payne seemed a little bit reluctant to talk to us at, at first, which I don't think that we've, said publicly and then once we got into and the I also conversation don't, i also don't blame him for sure. yeah why was, would why would anyone want to talk to us three idiots about this yeah. <laughs> or about this record or about these bands or anything but i think that the conversation ended really well and i'm super stoked to talk to al about statue in the future and yeah. um this record is you know f- fuck any weirdness or fuck people's, you know, honestly, fuck people's belief that this is a uh, boring record or generic or whatever. I think that that's very s- stupid and dismissive of people to say. We're saying they were a boy, like a boy band, like that mm. stupid and maximum rock and roll ad. Like that's just dumb, man. And like I get, I get people. Again, it it, it comes from either gatekeeping or from I, I don't know where it comes from, but. Yeah, this seven inch is fucking awesome as a seven inch. It's super important to the Revelation Records, uh, you know, catalog. It's important to hardcore. Yeah, Yeah. it's important to design. It's important to merchandising. Like this was a really, really important record. I agree. And Chain of Strength were taking a call back to DC, which. That was my gateway into hardcore was all the discord stuff. So it, when I first heard chain, it did, it had this like familiar feel to it that I didn't necessarily get from the other stuff. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like these bands they're talking about. I know. What bands don't you like? Hold on. Let's name a band (laughs) and I'll tell you that I don't like it. And I'm going to get so, okay. The faith. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) Um, Dag nasty. No. You don't like Agnesi? Not at all. Zero percent. See, any singers? I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm being a hypocrite. But these are the ones that really like. (laughs) These are the ones that really get under my skin. Where I'm just like, I'm like, he's, you know, and let's say in Bad Santa when he's like, you fucking with me, kid? Yeah, no. Void. Not that. Not that. I like Void. Yeah, I like especially the the like stuff before the split with Faith. Like the there's like a, a demo one to eighty three yeah, yeah, yeah. I like okay. that I like that stuff I, a lot yeah I, so, I just and, but it. I really like fast abrasive hardcore I love negative approach I love that kind of stuff and so for me void is is in kind of that <laughs> like I don't like realm. negative approach no I love I love like infest and like you know fast core and all that stuff so that's why I like void well chain also I think borrowed from Boston stuff like DYS which I know you do like I, DYS yeah, I do love um, uh, Wolfpack you don't like uh, SSD which I don't, I, uh, you don't yeah, like SSD? I, it's okay to me I like I like the f- kids will have their say get it away and un- un- unlistenable to me Ooh. yeah I don't care so, quit. For, so okay so for me <laughs> but that's this stuff is important to me because then i was able to analyze chain of strength on its own and not be like oh this sounds like this or this came from this 
And not to say that I think that Chain of Strength invented anything, but I never thought that they were just trying to ape someone else's sound oh, or I think anything they have their like own that. Use, their own sound, and for sure. Their own sound. I yeah. think that um, they they because you can create something new by taking parts of something. Sure. Old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So you know, like like the i like well, an iPhone. It's, yeah. It's new, but it was also let's combine a phone and a computer, and right. that's kind of like Chain yeah. of Strength was you know, like I'm, let's take from. The, the youth crew, um, the DC, mm-hmm. the, the boss, old Boston stuff, put our own spin on it. And to me, they like some of the reviews that were in the hardcore or the record aficionado mm-hmm. were like, this just sounds like youth today. That doesn't sound at all like no, youth today to yeah. me. Um, and I mean, now there's bands that there was bands after Chain of Strength that wanted to sound like Chain of Strength. Yeah. You Ooh. and I, we know people that have actually two people in this chat who <laughs> have been in bands that owe a lot to chain of strength. Yeah. Hashtag um, my life's work. Yeah. Jason. That, I mean, yeah. That was on, and, that was on the post for the episode. And, yeah, and same with, you know, one up literally started cause Donnie Mutt was like, I want to do a band that sounds like chain of strength with four punch mosh parts. So yeah. that was like, so like they were hugely influential to my life. And yeah, both seven inches are yeah. great. Yeah. We already know the mix of the LP is whatever the band admitted, but it's worth it for impact alone. Impact. Uh, no. Like the song. Hey, Greg, you want to tell your theory? Oh, we've like talked about song. your theory. You don't like that song? I don't like that song. Fuck, bro. Unreleased song. And for that to be the one that comes out, though. Nope, like, I if it was an unreleased a, song. To me, that's a terrible way to start that 12-inch Dude, record. it's a sick way to nope. start that record. Because it if, it was, if it was unreleased and it was fast, I would be like, ah, this song is it's whatever. But nope. for it to be slow nope. and to build that, up. Nope. Are you serious? Serious. Dude. Nope. For it to I, be I, slow nope. and to build up. I, and you've I never wish heard the song they, before. I wish they would have... Re- put the version of the song on the generation of hope comp instead of impact <laughs> <laughs> for the disc for the disc track people yes. can't see this but my my jaw hit the floor because like that song i mean i i, I want to say that was the first chain of strength song i heard because was my introduction was still? the lp yeah it it's was a like, cool fucking bass i mean the, the feedback and then the slow bass and the i'd rather up. listen to mouthpiece uh. i'd rather listen to any mouthpiece song than Chain of Strength Impact. Bit of Bo, Tim McMahon. Bit of Bo, yeah, Tim McMahon. Bo, also, Tim which McMahon. then leads us to, we had an episode on our Patreon where Tim McMahon and Scott Vogel were talking about Chain of Strength for like two hours and it was fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was yes. fucking awesome. And, cha- and it actually leads us to Rev 11, uh, Bold 7-inch yes. slash Speak Out because we mixed it up a little bit with that one. Yeah. Well, let me say selfishly, it was fucking cool to be able to tell members of chain to their face that your band changed my life. Yeah. You know, these records are important to, to me, to us. So, but then yes. Bit of bow, Frosty, seven inch. bit of bow, Ryan, bit of bow, Alpine. Yeah. Cool time. Uh, bold seven inch, man, what a fucking uh, cool seven inch. Every, I think to me, if you don't like the bold seven inch, I, I don't I don't understand it. I'm not going to say you're wrong or you're weird or you're dumb. I do just do not understand if someone doesn't like the bold seven inch. Has, it, have, has somebody told you I don't like the bold seven inch? I'm sure that they. I'm sure that I've. Had I know people, people like weird, like weird opinions like that. I know. Yeah, I know people that just don't like bold. Period. Yeah, and I'd be like, well, listen to the 
look, you know, I'd have to, it would have to be looking back for people digitally or whatever, but yeah. listen, looking back, eh, I remember I made like a mixtape for a friend and he was like, what the hell was that bold song? And it might've been, I forget what song it was something from the looking back. And I was like, you don't like it. He's like, it sounds like, like Van Halen. And I was like, dude, but it's awesome. Like, yeah, no, it is awesome. I'll say nothing sounds like that. Yeah. Like no, nothing sounded like that bold, uh, you know, seven inch. Um, I say before or since the closest band, a band has come to that is the band Sportswear. Mm. Um, they actually did an LP, uh, which, you know, rest in peace, uh, Peter uh, Amdam, Amdam, I forget mm. how to pronounce his uh, name. Um, he passed away I guess almost five years ago, but he sang for the band Sportswear. They had a record on Super Soul mm-hmm. that uh, Raghunath produced with Don Fury. And to me, that sounds like if Bold did a record in between Speak Out and the 7-inch and it was done at Fury's, it would sound like the Sportswear LP. I've never heard this record. And by your description, I'm going to put it on today. You'll... Yeah. you'll yeah, I want to say you'll love it. It's it's fucking great. That's see to me. That's the kind of music that I purposefully avoided for a long time in my life. Is like all of that Euro. Uh, what I saw, unfortunately, as like third or fourth wave and like D list positive hardcore. I just mm, didn't. Yeah. I just blew it I, off. I get it. And I put. I, I think was, they're was like this. Is it for me? I think they're just as good as the other bands of that era. Did they have songs on the Super Soul comp? Um, they did. They had songs, yeah, and they were also that. very. But they were they were heavily influenced by Bold, mm. um, and that's like the only thing I can think of. And I think watching the Beyond documentary really brought some more insight of Tom Capone. Yeah, I was just going to say shout out to TC Three for yeah. sure. Like that those like fucking iron maiden riffs remember when jordan was like what do you mean when you say iron maiden riffs and i'm like oh you know like the galloping yeah yeah i think that tom capone's metal influence to beyond and bold was fucking crucial yeah all right what's next Uh, oh and tim mcmahon shout out to tim mcmahon for joining us on that episode that was like a a last minute we should hit Tim up. Tim knows if we can't get the members of Bold, we can get the second best, which is Tim, who knows everything about Bold and was there to see it. Also, uh, my dude Jason Shrout uh, hit me up recently and was like, hey, do you digitally have the seven-inch mix of the Bold record as opposed to the 12-inch mix mm. of the Bold record? And it made me realize that I don't, and I I would like to have that. So if anybody has... Uh, digital version. I feel like uh, hit me up. Ben Merlis has it. Bedge, shout out Bedge. Yeah, he's uh, a, Bedge. A, Bedge has listener. been a, a very big supporter of our podcast, and I would like to give a bit at bow to Ben Edge. Me um, too. Yeah, he. Um, so get us that if Bedge, if you're listening. Bedge. Well, he get is. Listen. He listens to everyone. Yeah, of course, he's listening. Fuck. Yeah. So get us those mixes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of mixes. Let's talk about the Indiana Jones adventures that we've had for start today uh, with those fucking trying to unearth what we have decided is the four versions 
of start today. Yeah. And Jason, you had a, you know, what you thought was you went to an archaeological excavation. I you did. unearthed what you thought was a cassette of the Chungking session. And With it the help out, of Dave Brown from Virginia Beach. Yeah. A bit about Dave Brown. And it just turned out to be one of those practice cassettes that uh, Walter was talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. It's confusing because it's it's a recording of them practicing in the studio, in a studio. I don't know anything about Giant Studios, how the setup was there. So it could have just been a practice tape from Giant Studios that Sick of It All has brought up. And they said that was like the go-to place for bands to practice. Yeah. So that's that's possible. But a bit of Bo Dave Brown from Virginia Beach for sliding Giant that Studios? tape my Any way. Any relation to Giant Supermarkets that we have out here? Same people, right? <laughs> hey, but hey, I got to say, this episode was awesome. And this was my first um, attempt at my zine style of making nonsense videos. Uh-huh. So thanks for yes. letting me throw that out yeah. there. And People love them, dude. They I mean, part them. of it. But Sammy said, uh, there, was, there was a time that we talked to Sammy and he said, yeah, you guys should do some videos and you should just make them fun and wacky and just do whatever you want to do and just yeah. have fun with it. And that was a nice reminder of like, yeah, we do this for fun. This is not our fucking job. This is yeah. something. And I want to put my cat playing fucking cats and dogs. Fine. I'm going to do that. Your graphics and your graphic style has been crucial to this. And then seeing you, Thank you. up that to making like mini commercials <laughs> for this has been cool. And you, that's not really some a, a medium that you used before this too much, right? Yeah. No, you're correct. It's been years and years since I've done any video things. So yeah, it's been a so, learning experience, and I'm no pro at it, but it's been yeah. fun. Dude, to I do love them. Sure. They're, yeah, they're it's cool. They're so thanks fun. for letting me do it. And, yeah, and uh, me, me, and you both have had to dive into YouTube, and oh yeah, and and either download stuff or screen record or whatever. You know, some of the some of the things that I've edited, like my Citizen Kane to get some of those uh, sound bites, I had to use like a YouTube MP3 converter, you okay. know, and download it directly from the MP4 on YouTube to an MP3 then to put into or whatever. I had to get the audio from it. So both of us have had to really learn how to extract things from YouTube. Yeah. And then your Citizen Kane is? Uh, the... Uh, in effect, 1991 hardcore New York City hardcore uh, yes. agnostic front group. Yes. <laughs> whatever it's called. I don't, but uh, wait, did one of you buy that CD or did you just I'm see not. it? There's a CD version of it, right? Is that official or someone is it a showed a bootleg? photo of us? Someone showed us some sent a photo to it. Yeah, yeah. I gotta fucking get that. If that's an official thing or even if it's a bootleg, I gotta fucking track that down. Yeah. I don't have much to add to the start today just because I feel like I gushed about start today so much on yeah. the episode. It was just, I will say it was surreal to have Walter on there and play the harmonica. Play the fucking harmonica. Yeah, yeah that like, was sick. That's really all I can add that I haven't, you know, because I, I, I could I could spend the next three hours talking about start today. You know what else was surreal? talking to all three members of Slipknot at once. Agreed. Uh, Greg, that was a huge um, thing. Uh, you lined that up, right? All of it? 
Yeah, and yeah. again, a bit about once again to Chris Daly, yeah, um, yeah. Smorgasbord, uh, from Smorgasbord, like for getting me in touch with those guys, and uh, that was awesome. And that was this was one where I had never really listened to that seven inch before, um, you know, doing the starting this podcast, and it's awesome. Yeah. Can I backpedal? Forgive me for the backpedal. Yeah, go. We skipped part two to start today. Where we had oh, Toby, yeah, we did. We Sammy, did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long. Just real quick, that was cool of them to do that. And to me, because of Hobbs, Citizen Kane, I, you know, to me, Sammy was the drummer. Yeah, you know what right? I'm saying? No, no, yeah, just, just not well, knowing any better when, and seeing Citizen Kane, seeing the Ineffect video for the Civ first time. came out, they were always labeled in like, you know, again, in very, this is Gorilla Biscuits with a different guitarist and a different name. Yeah. So I too, in the very beginning, I was like, oh, Sammy was in, you know, like Sammy was in Gorilla Biscuits and he was, and he was actually in the band for like a pretty good amount of time, like yeah. two years or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right, Jason, that was a fun one. And, and getting, you know, knowing Toby and knowing how much the band means to him, I think it was neat to have him talk about that he was so excited yeah and And he was there yeah you could hear it in his voice that he was excited and i think that was also cool because toby does a podcast and he's so active on social media to get him to be a guest on somebody else's podcast and talk about just fucking talk about hardcore i think that was a really cool experience for all of us agreed yeah agreed so good no good backpedal jason thank you i accept so Uh, yeah slipknot (laughs) i know jason jason loves slipknot now I do. I do. And I never really listened to it before. And I think, was it Tim McMahon? And when we were talking after the bold seven inch, uh, he said, yeah, I love Slipknot. You should check it out. And then I did. And then, uh, you know, I was hyping up the episode and my man, Eric from government warning hit me up and was like me and Brandon, Brandon Farrell, rest in peace. We love that Slipknot seven inch. And Eric's a fucking awesome guitar player it's, he knows it's, what he's talking about so it's i value awesome. his opinion yeah but I, yeah. I really like that record a lot and it felt relevant to what was happening with the um with the protests mm-hmm. the police brutality that was going on so and i put that in the video and the video was pretty uh jarring when i showed it to Catherine, she was like you may not want you know you need to ask the band and we did cool. and we did yeah we did and they were like fuck yeah they were like yeah and and i just thought it was it was awesome and i mean like f scott mike um stymie yeah Yeah, cool episode cool history and and jordan um you know talking to jordan about slipknot too um school shirts give us the shirts yeah um which then led us in and i feel like I feel like it was weeks in between Slipknot and Judge somehow, right? I, but that's just my head. No, it, it probably wasn't. Uh, this year's been so fucking crazy. Yeah, but no, we had we we had. I think we had a couple detours yeah. uh, along the way. So I, I don't think you're uh, um, I- incorrect. In oh, there. because we did the sick of it all rev visit yeah, yeah, when we yeah. had Lou and Armand join uh-huh. us, um, and that's why Judge Seven Inch was cool. I, it was cool for friends to reach out to me about the two judge episodes about how much judge meant to them. Um, you know, bit at bow to Nathan Bean, bit at bow to John Orton. Um, anybody who just really was like, man, judge 
I, I was one of those fucked up kids that you yeah. guys were talking about that dude, that a lot of gravitated a, to judge. I had a lot of people reach out about judge and said, um, they admired your honesty, Javier at the intro of, uh, I think the bringing it down episode. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we're, we're, we're just talking about both now. Yeah, just talking about both. Um, people really admired that and admired us, you know, talking about straight edge and, you know, how we feel about it. And um, just getting to talk to Mike and Porcel, I mean, yeah. another huge, huge band for me, for everybody in this yeah. group. And um, that was like a dream come true to, <laughs> to talk to those dudes. Yeah. And then hopefully we'll get to talk to the other dudes about the, you know, the storm seven. Yeah. The, the yeah. storm. And um, then we got the discography in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as Mike signed on, I was like, Mike's cool as shit. Like as soon yeah. as he signed on, I guess yeah. he, he's I, awesome. it was just like, Mike's fucking cool. This he's just an, he's an incredibly genuine person. Like there is zero bullshit. Yeah. Like, agreed. And if, if someone had a, a bullshit detector, you know, like in the, the deep, yeah. like, like they'd be like, there's no bullshit here. Sorry. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Judge, you can, you know, you can hop on <laughs> to, to the, to the plane, but it was, I mean, that LP is like, that's, I mean, I hold that up there with start today. It's, it's, you know, um, I had a couple, we saw a couple comments of people asking why nobody was talked about Lars when we were talking about judge. And mm-hmm. I just, I just realized that Lars's name doesn't really appear on anywhere on the seven inch or the 12 inch, but he did play on the storm seven inch. So we'll talk, talk about him then. Maybe we'll talk yeah. to him then. Yeah. <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah. yeah he was not in the band till after the LP. So yeah. that's why we didn't talk about him. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, that was, they were really good ones to, to, to record. And, um, you know, Bidipo, Mike, uh, and Porcel. Um, and then uh, Shelter Seven, Shelter 12-inch, Perfection of Desire, was the last Rev release that we talked about this year in 2020. And that was a really cool episode yeah, um, to discuss with... Basically, we talked about the transition from Ray Capo to Raghunath. And, um, and it was cool. And as a byproduct of that episode, we have had a lot of people reach out to me and Greg and say, Hey, you guys said that you would send us books and, um, we're working I, on it. We're yeah, going to hopefully, we're, I've actually been, uh, quarantined with a case of coronavirus for the past, basically two weeks. And so basically we don't want, you don't want him yeah. sending. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't do any shipping the past two weeks. We have stuff to send out to some of our patrons and, uh, I wanted all that stuff to get to everybody before Christmas. And then I went ahead and got sick. And so I got a whole lot of stuff to send out to people all over the world as a result of this podcast. And yeah. that's a really cool thing. I have some, um, I have some, uh, more people, by the way, that reached out, um, for book, for books, cool. uh, on, on Krishna consciousness. Yeah. Um, I've directed a lot of people to wisdom of the sages to us. I said, oh, nice. yeah, listen to Raghunath's podcast. Yeah. Um, but people, that was, that was nice to have that sort of like, uh, devotional 
coming out. Yeah, yeah, it was big. Um, and, and people have asked me too, like, um, you know, I, I just don't know what to read because I've, I've tried reading this and I've tried reading this. And same thing, I was like, yo, listen to Wisdom of the Sages. There's been some great episodes. There's been, there's so many to pick and choose from. You just go through, it's kind of like going to a record store where you flip through the record covers and you're like, this one sounds cool. I'm going to listen to this one, yeah. you know, and, and maybe you don't know anything about it but you just pick it and listen to it. So bit about Wisdom of the Sages, Raghunath, uh Yeah. And Jordan. Glories. It was really great to have Jordan, um, Jordan come on and kind of talk about his reaction to that whole era and how that was a really transitional period, you know, for him because – like you said, Ray was becoming Raghunath. So yeah, yeah. bit of bow to those guys. And like I said, a bit of bow to Raghunath. Um, you know, love your humble servant, Gore yeah. Shakti Das and Bhakta Javier and yes. Jason. Pam Ho. Um, and then we talked to Dave Bett uh, about graphic design of yeah, that was Revelation sick. Records. That was a really cool episode. Jason, I know that was your baby. And um, <laughs> it paid off well. And Thank you. you got some really good feedback from people who were super stoked on the, the design aspect. Yeah. And Dave was just so cool and so humble and so willing to talk about that stuff. And I think that it was a really nice, integral part of not just Revelation history, but hardcore history as well. Yeah. And um, if you haven't listened to that episode, I strongly encourage you just go ahead and do it. Agreed. Well said. And, I could have talked and, to him for longer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, we did have a couple other, um, you know, just a real quick mention turning point. Yeah. Um, you know, to talk to Jay and Nick and Adam Lentz Adam. from Rev. Yeah. That was awesome. We'll be free. Yeah. Uh, to talk to Sam and Joe and uh, Andrew, Andrew was yep. also great. Their new records. Great. Um, I'm, I'm seeing, so we had Dave bet, uh, Kevin beyond, uh-huh. I'm a huge beyond fan to talk about the documentary with him was awesome. And then we did as far as non Patreon episodes, uh, we had, um, that we ended up putting up or Patreon that we put up, obviously the Norman Brannan one was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, our, our buddies in insight, Yes. Um, and you know, that's, I feel like we've all made new friends as a result of this podcast. It's like being in bands, you tour with people and you become lifelong friends with them. That's not possible right now. So <laughs> we're talking to people and we're connecting with them and we're becoming friends with them, especially uh, Mark and Jeremy from insight. Those two dudes have been so cool and supportive and, um, I, I, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And I, I think they, they get what we're doing, that we're having fun. Yeah. Um, and that really it ended up that the main purpose of this podcast is just to find their microphone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they know that once we find, once we find that microphone, we're done, we're toast. But um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Hav. Like, I yeah. feel like I've, I've made a lot of really nice connections in a yes. time where Right now, it's kind of hard to make connections with yeah. people. And, um, and um, it's been really cool to connect with a lot of people who have written books and who've wanted to share those books with us. I talked about the Hardcore Fanzine, the, the Good and Plenty book. 
you know, we talk about the record aficionado book mm -hmm. constantly, uh, the Live at the Safari Club book from uh, Rich Dolinger and Shauna Kinney. Beautiful um, book. Um, to all of Tony Retman's books and videos uh, have been great. Um, Dave Brown, Adult Crash. Yeah. And um, recently, Life Love Shirts has come into our lives, which has been really cool, too. And then, uh, of course, the All Ages book from Beth Lahicki and Radio Silence. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I, you know, I, I have been, and I apologize to the two of you, lagging on getting a required reading page on our website. That's on my to-do list. Um, but we're going to have links to all of these books, hopefully how to purchase them. And um, just, you know, in the new year, these are invaluable tools for us to do our homework, do some yeah. research, and connect with uh, the upcoming records that we have to do. Sounds good. Cool. Um, and so we have some really cool records coming up to talk about in early 2021. Uh, Jason, what's just a, a small, small preview of the records that we have coming up to talk about? Quicksand 7-inch, Youth of Today self-titled, Disengage 7-inch, the fucking Burn 7-inch. Which one? The Last Great Sea? I, lo I, I love The Last Great Sea also. <laughs> I do too. Uh, and also, Rain Poor Cell 7-inch. Rain Poor Cell, man. And then we're going to get I'm into psyched for that one. really cool stuff like Far Side, Into Another, Sense Field, Game Face. Yeah, Super Touch. There's a, there's a lot of stuff there's I a lot to of, look forward and to. like we said... Um, shelter perfection of desire is really where musically things took a turn for revelation and there's going to be a couple kind of you know uh records that harken back to the original sound but for the most part things got more melodic things got fucking weirder and to me things got way more interesting and i think that those records are going to be really cool to talk to agreed um, I'm yeah. excited. I'm very excited. I mean, 1990 alone, they had like four seven inches that are all time classics with Youth mm -hmm. of Today, um, Quicksand, Inside Out, and Burn. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Jesus Christ. That's like, <laughs> like that's in, an incredible um, run. I feel like yeah. we could have a Patreon bonus episode where we just talked to Zach Oxnard from 185 Miles South podcast about the burn seven inch. I'm into it. <laughs> I would listen to that. Zach. Oh, we can do a crossover and talk to Bedge and Zach about the burn seven inch and we could share it. That would actually Patreon. be awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, All let's right. put that in the universe. So real quick, I guess, before we wrap this one up, do you have any, like, what are, there was a lot of good records that came out this oh, year. Hot disc. Hot disc. Hot disc. If you had to pick one of these uh, records and only have that for the next year. Oh, you mean from the Rev that yeah, we've discussed? From that we've discussed. I say bringing it down uh, for me okay. would be my hot disc. Uh, maybe followed by Perfection of Desire. Um, just because those two are to me are the most interesting and um, important records. And those are records that I will go back to again and again and again, probably the rest of my life. Jason. I'm basic. One thing that still holds true. Mm. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crucial. I just yeah. love it. It's, it's, it's been a while since I listened to it, to be honest. Like before we 
before we dove into the episode, it had been a bit since I really listened to that record a lot, a lot, a lot, and I enjoyed doing it. So, yeah. Second, start today. Oh, start today. Go ahead. Greg, hit it. Me? Yeah. Start today. Mm. I mean, it's it's really hard to choose because I, I wanted to pick Judge um, and I wanted to pick Break Down the Walls. But if I'm being honest with myself and with everybody else, it's it's the Gorilla Biscuits start today. That was changed my life. Um, and uh, I just, it resonates with me deeply mm-hmm. and yeah. so do those so do the other records i mentioned really almost every record on, on revelation up to this point you know besides the ones maybe i wasn't as familiar with but start today you know back and forth oh yeah, yeah like i could just listen do. to it in my head if i wanted to like yeah if I, was I remember like, when you said that and i was like yeah exactly yeah like if i was like held captive somewhere and had my own <laughs> thoughts i could just listen to start today and and minor threat discography like they're the two that i could just like play them front to back in order yeah but um yeah so i don't know did you want to talk about real quick give a couple shouts to any records that you thought were we'll we'll, we'll keep it hardcore i mean no one needs to hear me talk about the new 1975 album or bob <laughs> even like bob mold like, like records that came it. out this year yeah like is there yeah. any specific ones that really hit you yeah, change. Uh, uh, change was, I think, the best record, the best hardcore record that came out this year, maybe for me. Um, and also the most surprising because, again, like I wasn't, I'm not a huge React Records fan um, of of that kind of sound. Uh, Young Blood Records, a bit about Young Blood Records, like that's just kind of not my realm. But change is such a good record because it's fucking it's got some weird shit on it like it's got a reggae part it's got some like singing it's got a spoken word um it's just really clean it's well done it's well produced it looks good and the merch is great great dudes um and so to me that's a probably the the number one hardcore record that came out this year I, it didn't come out this year, but a band that I really, really fell in love with is Warthog. I think that they oh, yeah. are currently the best yeah. hardcore punk band in America. And I listened to the fuck out of Warthog. And then uh, a non-hardcore, I think the most important band to my entire household in 2020 was Idols. Um, Ultramano came out this year and it... As a father of an 18-year-old girl and a husband of a woman, um, that record is, it makes you look at toxic masculinity in a very interesting way. And it also sounds a lot like Fugazi, which we'll uh, get into. So um, uh, those are probably, for me, the, the three most listened to things this year. All right, so I'll go. Well, you talked about change. That was going to be on my list. Absolutely, fucking fantastic record. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, be well. Their album, the weight and the cost. That and change, um, I think are like, you know, there were so. I feel like this year 
there were so many records that came out um, that I really enjoyed in, in hardcore. Some from like veterans, like older, you know, people that have been around like field day had a seven inch. I thought was okay. The, the 12 inch that came out, they had two releases this year. Uh, I like the 12 inch a lot better. As you know, I love the don't sleep record. Um, I played the hell out of that insight doesn't really count. Maybe it does. There's new songs on it. Played the hell out of that. Um, the drain LP on revelation. I love that. Um, the constant elevation, seven inch, the world be free, 12 inch, the gulch, that record. Um, I'm just going to interject that. I think that the, um, gulch, the first stuff, the 10 inch and the, um, demo are leaps and bounds better than the uh, 12 inch, but that's just me. I only have a 12 inch. I, for a while was uh, working out in my garage a lot with kettlebells and that first Gulch record, holy fuck. Um, And seeing them live at FYA, which I didn't even realize for a while was in 2020. um, Live. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, right? That uh, less, less than a year ago, I was fucking doing somersaults uh, across the pit to Gulch in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I like that. Um, There was a, like I said, and I know I'm going to, Oh, pillars of ivory. I love those. uh, The, the mixtapes, I guess they put up and, and mind force seven inch mind force one step closer promo uh, struck nerve. um, So much. Oh, one that I think is really good that I know Javier, you're going to be like, I can't believe I forgot to mention the band rated X. Oh yeah. yeah I've, I mean, that, I, I thought about it, but it's just, I was just trying to be brief about it, but that rated X. Uh, okay. As, I get it. <laughs> as a violent reaction, super fan, that rated X record is fucking yeah, top. United notch. front. Yeah. Um, and then non-hardcore, like I said, would be the new Bob mold got a ton of play for me and the new, uh, the 1975 and, uh, Haley Williams from Paramore's, um, solo album pedals for armor is great mm-hmm. so that's all i got jason what do you got i got a big list but it's no it's no surprise but i have three three bands came out with records that are like family to me and they all can't tour and that is no man with their lp erase that is strike anywhere with their record nightmares of the west that came out on pure noise and then be well who came out with the weight and the cost on equal vision that in a perfect world, all these bands would be touring together. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. I, but, um, I would not have probably, um, given that be well record the chance that it deserved if it wasn't for, especially you, Greg, but, um, both of you speaking of it so highly, um, I was just like, add, I don't need this melodic hardcore record in my life right now, but yeah. that record is so good. Um, and uh, I'm super glad that I discovered it and gave, actually gave it a chance. So awesome. it, it's a great record. See, that's right. the thing. I got an open mind and an open heart and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to, uh, Dude, learn it, I mean, things. it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm bummed that our episode with them got mucked up because yeah. uh, they were awesome to talk to. And, and that album lyrically is just crushing. Like, yeah. It's the, hard the, the to lyrics, listen to. Yeah. It, it is, but the music's at least catchy. But when you, if you sit and like read the lyrics, like I actually was like, you know what, I'm going to, and I did the same with the change record. I was like, I'm going to just 
play it like and read the lyrics like I used to when I was, you know, a teenager. Yeah. So yeah, there was a, yeah. Like, just a lot of good stuff. It was, it was a, and then was a let me get year. some other shout outs too. Yep. We got Bib. They came out with their record Deluxe yeah. on Popwig. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Crush. They came out with Soto Pop. Oh, that's that's a good one too. Yeah, it's not a good record. It's got yeah. that like Lemonheads, Dancer Junior type feel to it. Sweeping Promises. They came out with their record called Hunger for a Wait Out on Feel It Records. It's got this like new wavy lo-fi vibe to it that I think anyone would like. And then there was a demo that came out December 23rd called Bloodstains, a band called Bloodstains, Bloodstains 714. So they're from California. Oh, never heard it's of them. It's got that like Rick 714 Agnew. is Orange County. I heard yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's really good. It's got that. You can kind of tell from the name what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. It's really I'm good I'm going to have to check there. it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. all I got. And a band called... There's a rapper named Ritra, V-R-I-T-R-A, that was a producer with Odd Future. He came out with an LP called Sonar this year. Interesting. And it was like in my top five Spotify playlist. Wow. I just played it all the time. Check yeah. it out. Truth Cult, too. That was another good record. I think that's Pop Wig, too, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was also really good. Ian from Give. and I'm, um, I'm uh, looking at uh, Justified Arrogance's um, top records of the year and trying to see if i missed anything and i i didn't and the new deftones is fucking tight <laughs> that's right yeah we could go on but uh yeah. just thanks everybody for all the support yeah uh this year and we yeah. really look forward to bringing you more cool stuff in 2021 yeah thanks for uh thanks for coming along this ride with us thanks for everyone who's supported us um in any way shape or form it's been a really cool thing and uh it's been cool to watch it grow and uh i can't wait to talk about hardcore for the next fucking five years (laughs) (laughs) peace all right thanks peace Javier from the Where Went Podcast. Before I let you know the information about our Patreon subscribers, I wanted to give a shout out to Vadim Taver, who wrote this awesome cover of Judge for us that we use as our outro music. It's like so sick. But anyway, wanted to give a special bit up bow to our top tier Patreon subscribers. Asshole Billy, Brandon Gavell, uh, Brooklyn, Cesar Falcon, Chad Keplinger, David Palmer, Dirk Focused, Ed Goodlife, Greg Jackson, John Cowell, Quiet Keith, Nate of Head to Wall Fame, O'Neill the Horsefucker, Siren Records, Rob Moran, Tim Shear, Mike the Mosher, and uh, everyone who's also supported us on the other uh, tiers. It's been so awesome. We want to thank you so much, and we'll see you next year. Forget both.